Voices for Justice is a podcast that uses adult language and discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics, including violence, abuse, and murder. This podcast may not be appropriate for younger audiences. All parties are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Some names have been changed or omitted per their request or for safety purposes. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Sarah Turney, and this is Voices for Justice. Today, I'm discussing the disappearance of 16-year-old Kylie Rodney. Just before 1 a.m. on August 6, 2022, Kylie and her vehicle went missing from a party in the woods in Truckee, California. Now, this wasn't just an ordinary party in the woods with a bunch of kids. What was originally supposed to be a senior send-off type party with kids from the local high schools grew to a huge gathering of hundreds of people from all around the state, including many adults. This has left so many people wondering, how does someone end their vehicle, let alone an SUV, go missing from a party with hundreds of attendees without anyone seeing anything? This is a very new case. This episode is designed to help spread awareness, so more than ever, I am going to try to keep it brief and focus on the facts. Because for as new as this case is, there's already a lot of rumors and speculation. Officials are treating Kylie's disappearance as an abduction, and every moment counts. So let's get into it. This is the case of Kylie Rodney. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by June's Journey. I'm pretty sure everyone here loves a good mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. You get to step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. You engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. So what does that mean? Well, June's journey is a hidden object mystery game. Essentially, you find hidden clues and uncover this mystery. But it's also more than that. You can customize your own luxurious estate island, you can join a detective club, and put your skills to the test in a detective league. I like that you can play totally alone, or if you want to play with other people, you can do that too. I find myself playing June's Journey in little breaks during the day, or most frequently at night before I go to bed. Whether you're craving a good mystery or just looking for an escape, I really do recommend June's Journey. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by Quince. The weather is getting warmer, which means it's time to put away all the sweaters and pants and say hello to shorts and t-shirts. I absolutely was looking to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and I went right back to Quince for that. I personally don't love trendy clothes that I have to replace every few months. I am looking to build my solid core collection of essentials, and with the huge selection at Quince, I can do that. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from 30 bucks, washable silk tops, they have jewelry, and so much more. One thing I really love about Quince too is that they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. And they only use premium fabrics and finishes. You're not cutting any corners when it comes to quality. I've really been trying to play with pairing casual with more upscale pieces. So recently I just matched a silk skirt with this black tee that I just love and fits really, really well. I think it came together pretty cute. 
Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash justice for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash justice to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash justice. Kylie Mai Rodney was born on September 1st, 2005 to her mother Lindsay and father Daniel. She does have a younger brother who is eight years old. Eventually, Lindsay and Daniel would split up and Kylie would get a bonus dad and her stepfather, Tony. According to Lindsay, they all have a good relationship. This case is new, so we don't have a ton of information about what Kylie was like growing up. But we know that she is extremely talented and very musically inclined. She can play many instruments, including the violin, piano, guitar, ukulele, and mandolin. Kylie isn't only extremely talented, she's really motivated. She graduated from high school a year early and with honors. She has plans to attend nearby Sierra College in the fall, but was still deciding her course of study, music or medicine. Kylie lives in the city of Truckee in Northern California. Now, Truckee is a smaller town with a population of about 16,000. While the city is known for ice harvesting and logging, they are also pretty famous for being a known location of the tragic and infamous Donner Party. Truckee even has an entire museum dedicated to the incident. But geographically, Truckee looks like a caricature of California without the beach. Big trees, lots of greenery, lodge-style resorts, and ski lodges. And it's next to Lake Tahoe, which is about three times the size of the entire city of Truckee. It's a beautiful city, very close to the border of Nevada. On Friday, August 5th, 2022, 16-year-old Kylie actually planned on attending a classic car show with her mom in Reno, Nevada. But she cancels those plans and tells her mom that instead she plans on going to a party at the Prosser family campground. Her mom agrees to let Kylie go to the party. Not only is Kylie a responsible kid, these parties in the woods are really common. And this was supposed to be like this big end-of-summer send-off for kids who graduated and kids who were going off to college in the fall. Kids exactly like Kylie. Essentially, it would be like her last hurrah with her friends from high school before starting college. Kylie's mom told the U.S. Sun, quote, There have been parties there every weekend for years. It feels like a safe spot. It's campground, paved roads. They can sleep overnight if they want to. This community feels very safe. This kind of thing does not happen here. It feels surreal, end quote. It's important to note that according to several statements from friends and family, it appears Kylie had a very open and honest relationship with her mom. She could do things like tell her she'd been drinking and ask for a ride home, as opposed to driving under the influence and getting hurt, hurting somebody else, or getting in trouble. This will be important to remember as we discuss what may have occurred at this party. Another important thing to keep in mind is that this was a party in the woods. Yes, this was an established campground, but according to several witness statements, this area is just one of those places where you have to know how to get there. That being said, like Kylie's mom said, this area of the woods was a well-established party spot with locals. Now, let's talk about the timeline of the day-slash-night Kylie went missing. About six hours before she went missing, on August 5th, Kylie is captured on surveillance camera at a local business in Truckee. This video was obtained by a member of the Truckee Police Department. The significance of this stop is unknown, as investigators haven't released much else about this time frame, not even the name of the business she was at. But this obviously serves as a point of reference for what Kylie was wearing and her overall demeanor. 
It's just a photo, but Kylie appears to be fine. It's also worth noting that according to Kylie's friend Sammy, she apparently changed her pants sometime between this picture and going to the party. Around 10pm, Kylie drives her vehicle to the party at the Prosser family campground. This is about 10 miles from Kylie's home. Although the party was just supposed to be for local kids in the area, according to many witness statements, the party soon grows to over 300 people, many of which were much older than Kylie. Now, Kylie's 16, she does have an 11.30pm curfew, but again, Kylie's 16, so while at the party, at the exact time she was supposed to be home, she asked her mom to extend her curfew an hour to 12.30am. Her mother said, quote, I extended her curfew. I'd done it before and felt safe. She texted me at 11.30pm to say she would be leaving at 12.15am to come home. She said, I love you, mom. That was the last I heard from her, end quote. As you can imagine, there were a lot of drugs and alcohol at this party. And with that many attendees, there's a lot of speculation about what happened that night. One of Kylie's friends, Magdalene, who only stayed at the party for about 10 minutes, made a statement about how when she got to the party, a few people immediately started pressuring her to smoke weed. Quote, Within the only 10 minutes I was there, I literally had a group of five guys try to come get me to take as many bong rips as I could, forcefully, without my boyfriend present, end quote. There has been a lot of speculation about whether or not Kylie had taken drugs that night, but what we know for sure is that Kylie was drinking. One of Kylie's friends, Sammy, says Kylie was intoxicated. Sammy says she got to the party about an hour before Kylie did, but after Kylie arrives, the two were together for most of the party. She says that they took several breaks together to use the bathroom in the woods, and were in and out of Kylie's car charging their cell phones. It's also important to note that Sammy has stated that she and Kylie were basically sharing drinks and drinking the same things all night long. A different friend remembers seeing Kylie at the party around 12am. As of recording this episode, Kylie's phone records have not been released. But according to KTVU News, she speaks with friends and family shortly after this sighting of her around midnight. Now, here's where the timeline gets a little fuzzy, as we do have some conflicting information. So, Sammy says that she was supposed to get a ride home from Kylie, but Kylie was intoxicated, so Sammy tells Kylie she found a different ride home. According to a statement Sammy gave The Independent, she was the last person to speak with Kylie shortly after this when they spoke on the phone at 12.36am. She says during this phone call, they basically said, I love you, good night, get home safe. The problem is, this directly conflicts with another timestamp we have. Kylie's cell phone last pings near the campground at 12.33am, then appears to have been turned off or possibly died. This would be three minutes before Sammy says she last spoke with Kylie. According to Placer County officials, the last ping registers near the Prosser family campground, noting that it was near the water but also near land. They also stress that this ping doesn't necessarily indicate exactly where Kylie or her phone was, it just gives them a general idea. But this is where we lose track of Kylie. No one knows how Kylie and her vehicle left the party, and her phone has not been active since. The next morning, Kylie has plans to meet up with friends at a local Starbucks coffee shop. Figuring she likely slept at the campsite, no one is super concerned at this point. But once Kylie misses the scheduled meeting with friends, her mom reports her missing. Now, the Placer County Sheriff's Office is who leads this case, and they jump on the search for her immediately. 
Although they were not able to obtain an Amber Alert for Kylie, they did put out other alerts for her and her 2013 silver Honda CRV with California license plate 8YUR127. I've been following Kylie's case since it first hit the news, and although I don't love bringing up other cases while discussing another case, I couldn't help but think of Adam Castillo. If you haven't listened to my episode on Adam Castillo, please go back and listen. These cases are eerily similar. I just can't get over the question of how someone goes missing with so many people around. How no one knows how Adam left the site of the party, just like no one knows how Kylie left. At this point, no one has come forward to say they gave her a ride or that they saw her leave in her vehicle. We just know that she and her SUV are gone. Over the next few days, there were several searches for Kylie near the campground by boat, ground, and air. They also bring in divers, swimmers, and sonar. Soon, other law enforcement agencies from Northern California and Nevada become involved, along with the FBI. It is worth noting that law enforcement has described the search area as treacherous. During the searches, they focused heavily on the area of the Prosser Reservoir near the campground. This is a man-made reservoir that's about two miles long. According to the Placer County Sheriff's Office, the deepest point of this water is about 57 feet. So it's not insanely large, but it is a large area to search. Not to mention the reservoir does connect to some rivers. While law enforcement began conducting searches, Kylie's case gains a lot of traction in the media. And the Placer County Sheriff's Office leans into that, and in my opinion, utilizes the public and media effectively to help Kylie's case. In the first few days after Kylie goes missing, they hold a press conference almost every single day. They tell the public and media exactly what they need and what's important to focus on. They also utilize a public parks app to help track where people are searching. Now, I really don't want to name this app in this episode, because they do fear that random people around the country and world might misuse the app and compromise the data. So if you do plan on helping with a search, that information is easily accessible through the Placer County Sheriff's Office social media. With this case being so new, I do think it's also likely to change. So please check with local search teams or law enforcement for the most current information about how to help with a physical search. By August 11th, over 4,500 man-hours have been put into the search for Kylie. That number would double to 9,000 by the next day. On the 12th, they also announced that they've received over 900 tips. The Placer County Sheriff's Office also released a code RED and an Everbridge alert for Kylie. These are alert systems that are usually used for emergencies and fires. They notify about 80,000 local residents of these incidents via phone, text, and email. The Placer County Sheriff's Office has been pretty forthright talking about how challenging it has been to get their message out, likely alluding to their attempt to get an Amber Alert. So they decided to utilize this system for Kylie. Then we get some really disturbing information. While talking about using these other alert systems in order to get the message out, the Sheriff's Office confirms that the missing posters for Kylie are being torn down in town. And then the next day, we hear something even more disturbing. At a press conference, they state that they have received information that adults are discouraging local teenagers from coming forward with information. Here is Public Information Officer with the Placer County Sheriff's Office, Angela Musalam. So we've received reports from adults around the community who we understand are dissuading people from coming forward. 
and that impedes our investigation. We want to find Kylie. We want to bring Kylie home to her family. And if people are out there telling people who may have valuable information to not come forward, that's an issue. Again, we're not here to arrest anybody and hold them accountable for underage drinking and drug usage. That's not our interest right now. That won't be our interest in this case. Our sole mission is to bring Kylie home to her family, and that's what we want everybody to understand. We've been saying this from day one. It's now day six. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. A week after Kylie went missing, her loved ones and the community came together for a concert held in her honor to help raise awareness. They called it Country for Kylie. It was held at Truckee Regional Park. Kylie's music teacher, Jenny Charles, told KTVU News in San Francisco, quote, They say song is twice as loud as a prayer, end quote. Overall, it was just an event to bring the community together, thank all of the volunteers who've been searching for Kylie, and to support her family. Unfortunately, this is pretty much where Kylie's case is as of recording this episode. Honestly, this case is kind of a mess. We have about 300 possible witnesses at this party. Yet, no idea how or really when Kylie left the party. We have conflicting information and timelines. Kylie's posters are being torn down, and there are reports of adults discouraging teenagers at the party to come forward with information. I really wish I could wrap this case up in a nice bow for you guys, but that is impossible. So, let's talk theories and odd pieces of information. First and foremost, the Placer County Sheriff's Office is treating Kylie's case as an abduction, largely due to the fact that her vehicle has not been located. However, it isn't technically classified as an abduction, and they were ultimately unable to issue an Amber Alert. One aspect about the party that's often discussed is the idea that there were some fights there. Now, law enforcement is of course trying to obtain video of these fights, which have to exist somewhere. But in an interview with YouTube channel All-American Dream Chaser, Kylie's friend Sammy says these fights weren't serious. She says that at these parties, people always kind of show up with boxing gloves and just kind of play fight. She does admit that sometimes these can lead to a real fight. But to her knowledge, that didn't happen at this party. Now, I do think the idea of pursuing information about this fight is interesting. I think it's unlikely that Kylie was somehow involved or a victim of it without 299-plus other people noticing, recording it, or reporting back this information to police. But I have to wonder if they're just kind of trying to figure out who could have been more violent or out of control at the party to rule them out as being possibly involved with Kylie's disappearance. That's pure speculation, but that's where my head's at. I think it's worth noting that law enforcement has thanked Kylie's family several times for being cooperative and helping in the searches for her. As far as I can tell, there's just no suspicion on Kylie's family, so I'm not even going to go down that road. Of course, we do have to consider the people at this party, specifically the older adults who, I'd argue, could pretty easily prey on people at the party. 
possibly intoxicated children like Kylie. This feels pretty self-explanatory. I think it's fair to say that an adult who arrives at a party and more importantly stays at a party that is clearly for high school kids may not have had the best intentions in being there. This brings me to some speculation about the advertisement of this party. It's been said that the party was advertised possibly through some flyers, but I haven't found a single picture of any of these flyers, so I can't speak to how the party was advertised. I just have to go off the statements that this was a senior send-off type party, so I think we can assume it was meant to be for local high school kids, and Sammy did confirm that all grades were invited. But remember, Sammy has also said that she and Kylie were sharing drinks all night, like physically sharing the same drinks. So if one of Kylie's drinks was drugged, it's very possible that Sammy would have shared that drink with her. Of course, I don't think it's impossible that Kylie was drugged, but if what Sammy says is true, whoever did it would have had a very short time frame to do so and get Kylie and her vehicle away from the party. Which brings me to another possibility, that Kylie was offered a ride home from someone that hasn't come forward. Since Kylie's SUV is still missing, it would make the most sense that this person offered to drive Kylie's vehicle and maybe have a friend follow them to get the driver back home safely or that Kylie was taken off-site and her vehicle was disposed of later. Another theory we need to consider is that Kylie may have driven away from the party intoxicated and gotten into an accident. While this does seem very possible, people who were at the party and people who knew Kylie have come forward to refute this theory for a few reasons. First, Kylie's friends do not believe she would have driven intoxicated. Neither does her mother, like I mentioned earlier in this episode, Kylie is very close to her mom. In the past, she has been honest with her, saying she couldn't drive because she'd been drinking. That being said, it's always possible Kylie didn't think she was intoxicated and attempted to drive home. After all, she told her mom she was planning on leaving the party at 12.15am, and no one has come forward about Kylie having another ride home. However, people familiar with the area have stated that although, of course, a fatal car accident is possible, it would be difficult to hide the scene of the crash if Kylie took the most direct route home. They say it's just not an area where a car, let alone an SUV, wouldn't be visible from the road, which of course might be a huge reason they're focusing on the water. If Kylie crashed into the water, it would obviously be much harder to find or see. One theory going around is that maybe Kylie planned on completing suicide or leaving intentionally. Now, I haven't found a shred of evidence to support this theory. It seems that the main reason people are discussing this is because of a sweatshirt Kylie had in her possession at this time. It's a black Lana Del Rey sweatshirt with a song lyric on it, stating, quote, You don't want to be forgotten, you just want to disappear, end quote. Personally, I think this connection is pretty weak but knowing about this sweatshirt could be important for anyone searching for Kylie, so that's why I bring it up. While we are on the topic of sweatshirts, the Placer County Sheriff's Office also wants the public to be aware that Kylie might have been wearing another sweatshirt. This sweatshirt is white with pink lettering all over it that says Odd Future. Many people have speculated about the wording of this sweatshirt as well, so please know that Odd Future is a musical group. Again, I think it's way more important to be on the lookout for these sweatshirts rather than speculate about why teenagers have sweatshirts from popular musical artists. 
We could theorize about this case all day, and I'm almost done. There's just a lot to go through, and like I said, it's really messy. A common question asked in this case is, does Kylie have a romantic partner we should be considering? From what I could find, it seems a little complicated, but ultimately, no. Although a young man named Jagger has been named as her boyfriend, he stated that they actually broke up, and Sammy says the same thing. The last contact he had with Kylie was before the party. She told him she was going to go to the party, and he told her to be safe and not do anything stupid. Jagger has been somewhat visible in the media, but honestly, he wasn't at the party. He didn't appear to be dating Kylie at this time, so until we have more information to connect him to Kylie's disappearance, I don't feel comfortable focusing on him. But the question comes up a lot, so I thought I'd answer it. It's also worth noting that he, like Sammy, are heavily scrutinized for the interviews they've given and some of the statements they've made online. Which brings me to Sammy. The last thing I feel like we need to address is the speculation surrounding her. Now, you truly never know with these cases. As always, I'm not saying Sammy was or wasn't somehow involved, but I will say I think it's foolish to put your money on Sammy being involved based solely on the fact that she's given some conflicting statements and is loud in the media. To be totally honest, I've done a ton of interviews, and I know that I've mistakenly given conflicting information. When you're doing back-to-back -back interviews, when you're tired, when you're recounting these details, it's really easy to get things mixed up. It just is. And Sammy is 18. We know this technically makes her an adult, but I'd argue that most people consider 18-year-olds literal teenagers whose brains haven't fully developed yet to be children. So I just want to caution anyone speaking about this case to be very careful with what you say about Sammy. You could be right, or you could be destroying a young person's life. And that is a guilt I won't personally take on given what we know about the case so far. One thing people point to about Sammy and Kylie's relationship is that they weren't friends on Instagram. Which I just want to say, because the world is like this, literally the day before I was recording this, I got a text from someone I've known for over 15 years, and they were joking about how they didn't realize they weren't following me on Instagram. There's also a solid argument to be made that Kylie wasn't super active on Instagram. I'm just not going to speculate about why two teenagers aren't friends on social media and how it could be related to a disappearance. So again, I think Sammy has just become this person in this case that people are focusing on without clear evidence pointing to her being involved in any way. I do think this focus comes from her probably being the most outspoken person in this case aside from the police and Kylie's family. Sammy is really vocal. She's given many interviews and spearheads some meetups with local teens to try to get more information to give to police. Which brings me to the biggest thing we need to discuss in this case, at least in my opinion. The fact that there were 300 people at this party and few of them are coming forward. We have almost no video and almost no pictures from this party. It seems really clear that these kids and these adults with these kids are scared to talk. Now, I don't think that's because Kylie was hurt in front of hundreds of people and everyone is afraid to come forward. I just don't think people are that good at keeping secrets. I think it's mostly because people are afraid of getting in trouble for drinking underage, using drugs, and supplying underage people with alcohol. That being said, the Placer County Sheriff's Office fully believes someone at that party knows what happened to Kylie. Or at the very least, her whereabouts after the official timeline that we know. 
Which brings me right to our call to action. As of recording this episode, it's been two weeks since Kylie went missing. The searches for her have been extensive, but they're being scaled back so that they can focus on the investigation. They are reviewing video from the party and trying to obtain more. They've looked into local sex offenders in the area. There are currently 73 people working Kylie's case. Over 18,000 man-hours have been spent on the case. They've reviewed over 1,500 tips. Kylie's case has gotten a lot of attention, and obviously massive amounts of resources are being used. But that doesn't change the fact that not a single item of Kylie's has been found. Not a shred of her clothing, a piece of her car, nothing. The sheriff's office admits that this has grown into something they never anticipated. That they do these types of searches all the time and have a good recovery rate. But for some reason, Kylie and her SUV have not been found. So if you were at that party and have not come forward yet, please do. The Placer County Sheriff's Office has made it very clear that they're not interested in arresting anyone for drinking or doing drugs. They just want to know what happened to Kylie. If you're a teenager listening to this and thinking, well, yeah, the police might not arrest me, but what about my parents? Now, I can't speak for them. I can't and won't say you won't be in trouble. But I can tell you that if you don't come forward, that guilt that you feel will only get heavier with time. Any paranoia you may feel about people finding out that you were at that party will only grow. Not everyone who attended that party has come forward, but many people have. The police have videos from the party. If you were there, they will find out and they will pursue you for a statement. So if the guilt and paranoia isn't enough to make you come forward, I hope the understanding that you will be found in the end does. Trust me, you'd much rather be a willing witness coming forward now than have to explain why you didn't come forward after they find out you were there. Now, please know I'm not saying this to scare anyone. I'm saying this because I truly think coming forward to police with any video or pictures you may have from the party is the easiest thing for you to do, not to mention the right thing to do, and the most helpful thing to do to help find Kylie. So please, if you were at that party, just talk to police. I mean, you don't even have to talk to them. They do have a completely anonymous portal you can report information through. You can even submit pictures and videos without having to give your name, email address, or phone number. That link will be in the description of this episode. Kylie Rodney is 16 years old and went missing from the Prosser family campground in Truckee, California on August 6, 2022. She will turn 17 in September. She's white with blonde hair and hazel eyes. She's 5 feet 7 inches tall and weighs 118 pounds. She was last seen wearing a black tank top style bodysuit, a black studded belt, green Dickie brand pants, and black van shoes. She was also wearing three layered gold necklaces, and she does have multiple piercings, including a nose ring. Police are still searching for Kylie's vehicle. It's a 2013 silver Honda CRV with California license plate 8YUR127. The SUV also has a RAM sticker beneath the rear wiper blade. Anyone with information about this case is asked to contact the Placer County Sheriff's Office tip line at 
530-581-6320, option 7. You can remain anonymous. Links to an email address and their anonymous online portal are listed in the description of this episode. But as always, thank you, I love you, and I'll talk to you next time. Voices for Justice is hosted and produced by me, Sarah Turney, and is a Voices for Justice media original. If you love what we do here, please don't forget to rate and review the show in your podcast player. It's an easy and free way to help us and help more people find these cases in need of justice. And if you'd like to go above and beyond to help the show, I do have a Patreon page at patreon.com slash voices for justice. Welcome to the Secret After Show. Um, yeah, I wanted to really cover Kylie's case, one, because I got a ton of people reaching out to me to elevate this message, and you guys know how I feel when it seems like the media coverage begins to dip in these cases. I just I have a sweet spot for them. It's a brand new case, and I really hope that, you know, bringing some attention to it can help. I also hope that my my attempt to appeal to the youth to come forward helps. I don't know. I don't know if it will, but I just want to do my part and get the word out there about Kylie. Um, she's 16. She'll be 17 very soon on September 1st. She should be going to college, not um, being missing. So yeah, please share. Please share this episode. Like I said, it's so fresh and it's so new and someone out there has that information, and I really think if there's even more media pressure and more media coverage, it might just make that person come forward. Now, I do have an update, and it's a really unfortunate one. Um, I'm gonna try not to cry. There's no promises. Um, this update has to do with Harmony Montgomery. Now, I did post about this on social media, but of course, I wanted to put it here as well. Now, they aren't releasing a lot of information, um, and if you don't remember, Harmony is a missing five-year-old um, who wasn't reported missing for quite some time. Now, a lot of her case happened between New Hampshire, Massachusetts. Um, if you aren't familiar, go back and listen to the episodes, multiple episodes. I did two parts on it. It's a big case. Um, I did do an edit there, you guys. I'm not trying to cry. Um... They are saying that Harmony was murdered, so I'm going to try to get through this quote. I am at WCVB.com. New Hampshire Attorney General John Formella said, quote, All of the investigative efforts have led us to conclude that Harmony Montgomery was murdered in Manchester in early December of 2019. At this point, while Harmony's remains have not yet been located, we do have multiple sources of investigative information including just recently confirmed biological evidence that have led us to this difficult and tragic conclusion. 
Now, I just want to say that in this article, they point out that the police chief was also holding back tears. I mean, this is not the update that any of us wanted for Harmony. Um, I think, unfortunately, this is one of those cases where I couldn't hold out that much hope. I'm not going to lie. I think the writing is on the wall with this case, and um, I'll just say that. I will also say that there have been no new charges brought against her father, Adam Montgomery, or his estranged wife, Kayla Montgomery. All I can hope in the end is that um, Harmony gets justice. And I personally would, and I said this on Instagram, I'll say it again, I, I personally would love to see these agencies held accountable. Um because the plan for Harmony should have been adoption and not reunification. I will I will say that forever in this case. Um, they screwed up big time, and somebody needs to take responsibility for this child instead of pointing fingers. Um, it's the least they can do to be respectful of her. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. It's not, it's not the most pleasant update, and I am feeling some type of way about it, but that's just the truth of how these things go. Um, I'm also going to tell you guys that I did get some feedback about the possibility of doing a larger update episode, so I am planning to schedule you uh, schedule that for near the end of the year. So if you aren't catching all the updates in these after shows, if maybe you, you just found out that there is the secret after show moment, this is typically where I do updates um, because I never want to take away from the cases I'm covering in the main episode. You guys know that's just really important to me is to give them their own space to um, be told. But yeah, so look out later this year for a full update episode about all the cases I covered. Um, hopefully there's some good updates in there. Um, but yeah, thank you for tolerating me. I love you and I'll talk to you next time.